Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. In today's episode, I have Taylor Lane from RemoteLikeMe.com, where we're going to talk about how Taylor has built a thriving business by helping people to find remote employment. We're going to also cover the key factors to consider when looking for work with a remote company. And she also provides some really solid tips and advice for those who are looking to find the perfect remote job within a company. We're going to talk about her experiences and how she has managed to build this business while traveling around South America. And now she has a thriving online community, Facebook group and membership site. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Taylor. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I loved that intro. Pump me up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so you're, you're doing, um, yeah, so you're doing coaching and helping people get into the remote work. So I mean, this I'm really excited for this episode because you know this is this was the the, the one thing that frustrates people. I mean, you're either going one or two ways when it comes to you know chasing a digital nomad lifestyle and you're either going to take a remote job with a company which is what i do or you're going to offer your services as a freelancer or a service provider so you know that could be web design graphics or whatever and you help people to find and land these remote jobs so could you tell me a little bit about you know how you got into this and and where this all came from yeah absolutely so um kind of like yourself i used to have a remote job um and that's when i started uh really helping my friends and my family and even acquaintances just get remote jobs. Um, because if you, you know, rewind my story tape to, you know, two and a half, three years ago, I had moved to Guatemala because I really loved it. And I really wanted to explore all of Central America. I was bartending, I was doing basically whatever I could to travel, right? And it just wasn't cutting it. (laughs) So I had no experience virtually besides um, anything that I had done you know, in college and getting my master's to become a teacher. Um, we're talking like, like little to zero goose egg, <laughs> like no experience. And um, I ended up getting a uh, remote job with a company that was based in Lithuania. And I worked remotely for them for one year. And over that year, um, I had many conversations with my bosses and my team as to why they hired me <laughs> and just found out that I just have a really um, good eye for what to put on an application and how to really understand that remote companies are looking for a culture and personality fit way more than they are looking for a qualification and skill fit. Of course, those things are important, but you really should play up to who the company is looking for as far as a person. And so um, I started giving that advice to everybody who was also trying to find a remote job to travel. Um, and I ended up getting people jobs and they just said, you know, why aren't you charging for this? And I was like, that's a great idea. Um, so I started slowly and then I built up to a membership site where now I have monthly members. And uh, now obviously I do one-on-one coaching and courses as well. So that's basically how I got into it. And honestly, I never thought I'd be sitting here telling people that I'm a remote careers coach. Like I started as a second grade elementary teacher. Um, but yeah, that's how I got started. And honestly, it's like the most rewarding, fulfilling position ever. When you have a love for travel, 
you know, it, it often sucks if you're like saving money and you go in and you travel and then you have to go back. You know, that frustrates people. I did that when I was younger and much like yourself, I decided I was like, hmm, why can't I just work and go and live where I want? <laughs> you know, and and actually, I I was just searching around. Um, you know, I was really into volunteering. That's the original reason why I moved into Central America. And I was looking at the hashtag you know, volunteering, volunteerism on Instagram, all of these things. And I came across the hashtag digital nomad. And I literally kind of fell down a rabbit hole of Instagram for days. <laughs> and I found all of these job positions. And Instagram is actually one of the strategies that I recommend to people for job searching um, for remote jobs. And, and I, that's how I found my job. So um, it was just all kind of worked out the way it was supposed to. And I'm, you know, forever grateful that I did kind of just stumble upon remote work. But obviously, now it's such a big thing. It's so much more well known, like most people know that you can get a remote job, you don't have to start your own business. Um, and that's where I come in. Five years ago, that wasn't the case, I don't think. Like five years ago, it was pretty tough to get remote work. And now it's so normal. So many big companies have it. And it's really the mentality towards it has changed. You know, people don't just think, oh, they're at home watching Netflix. They're not doing any work. You know, I mean, all you need is Slack, Google Drive, you know, you're, you've, that's basically how a lot and Trello maybe. <laughs> and that seems to be how a lot of people tend to be able to run these big distributed teams. And, and it's about trust as well. You know, you have to have trust in the people you hire and obviously people have trust in you. And I think that's where it's very important what you touched on a, a few minutes ago when you mentioned that culture is important because these remote businesses and companies that allow workers to work remote have a specific culture about them. And a part of that is the remote culture. And a big part of that is treating people like adults, trusting them to do their work. And these businesses have that, you know, they have that mentality. It's not that old school mentality where if I can't see you, you're not working, <laughs> you know? Yep. It's it's not that big brother, I'm looking over your shoulder, I'm tracking your time mentality. It's, you know, we hired you to make this company better and to make your team better. And, you know, we expect you to do that. Not only that, remote work is such a privilege that, you know, when there's not a right um, personality vibe or the right community fit for the company, um, it's pretty obvious right away and even in the application process. So that's usually what the focus is on the hiring process because they're hiring people who are grateful for the opportunity, are tech savvy, want to be working online, um, you know, aren't just doing this to travel, aren't just applying to any remote job just because it says the word remote in front of the job title. You know what I mean? I mean, when you are traveling, it can get, you know, working remote can be stressful. You have to plan ahead and you have to be, you know, I've been in places where I just spend most of my days in coffee shops and hotels. This is more when I was freelancing versus now, because now I can have a bit of structure on my day. But, you know, when I was freelancing, if I had projects that had to get finished and I remember being on Kotao one time and the whole island lost the internet for four days. And I'd like, I, I was doing freelance writing at the time and I'd like people like, you know, expecting to work and I could not get internet anyway. Hey, like the deadlines <laughs> didn't go away, but the internet did. Go down <laughs> in Thailand. It was like, ah, what do you do? You know, but I mean, it, you have to be, I suppose the word is responsible. You know what I mean? You have to be responsible. Uh, you know, you have to make sure I'm flexible. And that's what I love about, I suppose, working remote is that, you know, you can be flexible depending on your job type. You know, certain jobs, maybe you're doing a remote position where you're required to be somewhere between certain hours. And that's fair enough, but you can be, you can, 
be online. You know, I mean, you have to be online. You don't have to be in a, in a, a specific place. So you need to be online within a few hours. But there are plenty of other positions where, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to be online within certain hours. You just have to get the job done. And it doesn't matter if, if that's at six o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the evening, whatever works for you, you know, and that's the beauty of it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I always talk to people, you should get to know the company and the type of people who are in the company before you apply. Meaning if you are a world traveler and your, you know, goal is to get to 50 countries, you know, by, by the, by the time you're 30 and you're going to be time zone hopping and all of that, you need to read into the work style of the company, the people that are there. Are they travelers or are they stay-at-home mom and dads with home offices, with quiet environments who are going to resent you or expect uh, too much of you that you're not going to be able to deliver because of your lifestyle choices? You know, vice versa. Are you the type who's just you know, working virtually because you like to work in your pajamas, but you're going to be surrounded by a bunch of young people who are comparing, you know, where they've been this year. And there's going to be team retreats where you're going to Costa Rica and all this stuff. You want to make sure that you're a good fit for the company and the people that you're going to be surrounded with, not only for, um, you know, the team vibe, but also for expectations. I suppose if somebody was sitting at home and they could be getting jealous of, uh, you know, even though it's remote, they could be like, God damn it, she doesn't do anything. <laughs> She's just on Instagram all day. But right, it's like, exactly. yeah, you know, uh, I hear what you're saying. You know, you got to make sure you're, you're, you're the right fit for that, exactly. for, for that and company and, you know, putting in that research initially before you're applying and looking for these jobs. Yes. And so I suppose just winding back a little bit there, when you, when I talk, when you talk about, you know, getting, getting that position. So how did you get your first remote job? So I uh, came up with a video application that I did because uh, I didn't have the traditional experience to write on, on, you know, my work experience. I was like, I have to do something. And so um, I pulled out key keywords and phrases from the job ad about who they wanted and the qualities that they wanted. Um, and I laid out three reasons why they should hire me. I obviously put together um, the written form, you know, but it didn't look like your traditional resume. Um, and I kind of was like, guys, this is me. And it was an entry level um, customer support manager position. And, you know, I just said things like, um, you know, taking my non-traditional experience and trying to flip it on its head and make sure that they knew I could do anything, I could learn anything, and I'm willing to to learn new stuff, you know? So I said things like, I've been a bartender here in Guatemala, and if I can make an angry drunk that's speaking another language return to a happy customer, then I can handle any of your customers. <laughs> and just making it very personable. Whenever you can humanize the hiring process, you should. And you should try to do that as many times throughout your application um, as, as you know, you can. That's solid advice. Um, the, you know, what you're hitting on there, I think is, you know, what's referred to as the growth mindset, you know, where you might not have the skills right now, but at the same time, I'm ready and willing to learn. Like, I'm not saying that here I am and I'm, I, I know everything. It's, it's being open and showing that humility to be like, look, I have these other skills that are transferable. And I might not know all. Of, I might not know all of the skills that you require of me, but I have a growth mindset. I know I can learn it. I just need the time and training to get stuck into it. You know. And you know, some of the other jobs that I had during that year were some freelance writing contracts um, as well. And you know, those for me, you know, if you don't have writing experience, that's you know, blogging on the web, and you're trying to go for something like that, you need to create your own experience. 
So obviously we're talking about more entry level people. Um, and there, you know, we can also talk about remote careers that are in the senior level that are directorships and actually consultant contracts and stuff like that as well. But most people want to know about um, entry level stuff and transferring over their skills that they have from the traditional workplace. So my writing was not on the web at all. Like I couldn't get any of it. I had done so much writing in my professional career and in my um, university. I was on the school newspaper and I just couldn't get any of it to be on the web, you know? Um, so I actually made a lot of, uh, the content that I wanted to on the web, or I did free articles for people until I had three samples. I, I would link those in all my applications and I would make sure I got to know the person. I would connect with them on social media. I wouldn't just send in a cold application. Anytime you can make a cold application warmer by putting it in someone's hands, you should go for it. I completely agree. I started off as a freelance writer. It was the first remote work I'd done. I used to write 500 words for $10 and I was quite happy to do it at the time because I was living in Thailand. <laughs> I used to bust out articles about everything from, <laughs> oh, I'm not even joking, uh, from anal bleaching creams right the way to <laughs> Yankee candles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever. You never I, knew what was coming in your inbox. You know, you could be writing about installing windows one day and you could be writing about how to make your room smell beautiful with Yankee candles the next day. <laughs> And look where you are now, you know, and you started there. No, absolutely. You know, I suppose the next thing for me was SEO because it all coincided, if you will, when you're learning to write for people. Um, you know, you often pick, you pick up the basics of SEO and then I became interested in it because I would kind of have that research mentality. And then that was, yeah, that, that was kind of the next thing that sucked me in, if you will. Like you mentioned a rabbit hole before, like I loved SEO. I wanted to figure out how to rank websites, how to make money from it. And, you know, I definitely got involved in that. So, so when you, yeah, absolutely. When you, when you, so you got your first positions and you know, at what point then did you decide, okay, I could teach people how to do this. Like, were you in, were you working as a remote employee for a long time, for a couple of months? Can you talk to me a little bit about how, to, how that progression to having your own business work? Yeah. So for about six months, um, I was talking to other people right from the get-go of when I got the job about what worked for me and then how they could do it as well. I also just have this strange skill. I don't know if you've discovered this, but everyone has that one thing that like nobody likes to do or nobody's good at. And you're like, I don't know why I'm good at, good at this, but I am. And it's freaky. Um, like I can find a job anywhere, especially a remote job. Like I, it's not a coincidence that I found mine stumbling on Instagram. I find them in the weirdest places. And I think I just have a very, I call it like positive opportunism. <laughs> I have a very like open opportunity mindset. And I think opportunities follow me everywhere. And so um, I can, I don't know, I was just weirdly finding jobs for people like my friend who was into science and she wanted this and that and the other thing. And I was like, here, here's some jobs that you can apply for. And she's like, what did you do? Like, where? you're so weird. <laughs> so that skill definitely started, um, you know, making people's lives easier because they didn't want to do the job search because unless it was a remote job board, they didn't know what was out there. Um, and then obviously the applications and I started getting people jobs. And by the time I had worked remotely for six months, I decided to, um, start a newsletter and we can get into this when we kind of talk about, um, you know, how to really get your business going. Um, I did a free newsletter for four weeks where I was pumping out opportunities, application tips, everything. And I was also, uh, building my Facebook group. 
so those two things for one month were like my, um, you know, my jet set for, for my whole business. And then I was still working remotely for my company. When my, when my side business really, you know, remote like me really started to take off, I then stopped working remotely for, um, at about the one year mark. Yeah. So I suppose that's an important thing to, uh, bring into the conversation is, you know, you know, you, you continue to work remote while you're building this on the side. You didn't just move to Guatemala and be like, I'm going to figure all this out. I got one client, you know, like (laughs) you kept your stable, you know, let's say your, your, your predictable income. Um, which is your remote position and you kept that while you were building this and you said for a year so you were working remotely for a company for a year while building this is that correct or was it six months yes so my business was um you know i want to call it my my side hustle mode for about six months um, and that was the second half of the year that I was working remotely. And then at the one year mark, um, we went our separate ways. And I said, you know what, I'm making my full time income, this business, it's no longer a side hustle. Um, and ever since then, it has been extremely successful and, and profitable. And I feel very grateful for the whole um, journey. But I do think that if I were to have jumped ship and just started my business very confidently, which I tend to be. Um, I'm not saying it would have gone down the tank, but I do think there's so much value in having an income and not being in desperation mode when you're trying to get your first clients and when you're trying to get your community started. I think it definitely helped me. Uh, yeah, back in episode two, I suppose I was talking with Jonathan from SEObutler.com and we, we definitely hit on that where like when you go into desperation mode, it happened to me when I lost a bunch of clients at one time and a bunch of websites that made money at the one time because I was doing uh, SEO stuff and yeah, some stuff got de-indexed and my clients as well. And basically I had all this, you know, monthly contracts just all go up in one day and it was like desperation mode. And what happens then is you find yourself taking on work you wouldn't normally do um you know for you maybe you know i mean i can only speak conceptually but maybe that would have been you you took on a job that you didn't want to necessarily be doing and it would have pulled your focus from your your side business or your side hustle but because you stayed in the position that you were in and you worked remote and you worked on this evenings weekends whenever you could it allowed you to build it to a point where it wasn't such a big deal when you left because you had a revenue source already built up. And would it be correct in saying you were living in South America at the time? So hopefully the cost of living was relatively cheaper as well, you know? Exactly. I was living in, in Medellin, Colombia at the time uh, when I decided that this was going to be my full-time income. And, uh, you know, if you want to talk specific numbers, I my side hustle at the moment was making um, $500 a month. So was it livable? Probably not. But I knew from $500, you know, it wasn't $10. It was $500. So I knew I could make into the thousands and, and you know, obviously upward and have a livable monthly wage at that point. Um, I put in so much work in those first three months to make sure that I was making the income that I would have made at my company uh, to not just only prove to myself, but, you know, to prove that, that this wasn't going to be an up and down thing and that I didn't have to go look for another remote job because I absolutely could have. I knew I could have picked up another remote job, you know, in a split second. Obviously, that's what I teach. However, after working remotely for one year, I knew that my next step was business building. And I just needed to prove to myself that, that I was, you know, ready at this time. And it was certainly 
I don't know, some divine timing. It really worked out uh, the way that I thought it would. And I know I put a lot of hard work in, but again, I just always feel so lucky. Like I hit the right market, the right, I don't know, my branding at the right time, the way I positioned myself, it all just happened at the right time with the way the market was and also my personal life. So incredible since then. <laughs> the stars aligned, as they say, and everything just right time, right place, right decision. And also your, out, your, your attitude and, you know, like you said, your work, your work ethic, like you didn't just you know, ah, this will work out. You're like, you were working hard. I looked at all your social media profiles for this interview and you are on point everywhere. Branding, active, so good. It's like you're being followed around by a professional photographer. Maybe you are. <laughs> I don't know. I will. But uh, yeah, like it's, it just all looks so solid, you know? So I suppose bring it into the next step. So, you know, you left, you're living in Columbia at $500 a month, which is enough that you felt that you could scale that up and, you know, live off that uh, where you were living at that time. So what were the next things to push the business forward to, you know, what helped to push it from the 500 to the, oh yes, absolutely. This is, you know, this is working or, you know, you've doubled your income. So was that, yeah, did you do guest posting? Did you do Facebook groups? Did you run ads? Like what, what worked for you? I really... I really kept adding value to my Facebook group for free. So I kept running free challenges, whether it was a five-day challenge. I did um, a free uh, nightly workshop one week of my life. It was the most work I have ever done, period. Every single night I had a four-hour workshop running so people could pick which night they wanted to. And it was the same exact content, um, but oh my God. And that paid off exponentially. Um, so I launched a course called start working online course. That was my first course. Um, I don't run it anymore and it was, um, $300. And at the end of that whole workshop week where my group was just on fire, everyone was asking questions, you know, follow-up questions. I need your help. The workshop was great, but I need to know this. Um, the workshop was videos and also PDFs. I mean, I really put it out there. And uh, that's when I made my first amount of real money where I was like, oh, okay, I'll be fine. <laughs> now I can relax and I can breathe. For six months. <laughs> I know I'm all right in South America for another six months. Yeah. But the, but the thing was, is that I, I knew that my base was interested in my help. And that's what is so important these days. It's not just enough to have a solution to a problem and it's not just enough to have an audience. Your audience has to be very invested in the results of the solution that you give um, for it to be a perfect match. And because I had made my Facebook group only about remote work, like no digital nomad stuff, no work and travel stuff, no uh, freelancing, start your own business, only remote jobs, remote employment. Um, and I had been, you know, curating what all their questions were, what their struggles were, what I was seeing from my very first members who entrusted me um, on the monthly membership, you know, what they were still struggling with. And I came up with a solution that they needed. I priced it fairly, um, you know, not low, not high, just what I knew was probably a little bit more than my comfort zone, but maybe a little bit um, less than what, you know, they'd, they'd be willing to pay. And it was the perfect storm. It's, it, allow, it provides you with your predictable revenue as well. I love the, like, like you described there about, doing the courses and doing the launch and it was the most work you've ever done in your life with all the workshops and you know you could use webinars and all these sorts of things and it, it, people who live in launch mode you know it can be feast or famine where 
with this mentality and with the strong Facebook group. And look, fair enough, all these things compounded. Like, you know, you know, you did that other thing first and then you had a bigger following because of it. And, you know, but now you have, like, I think it's the golden egg, recurring, recurring, recurring. Like, if you can get recurring, predictable income, obviously there's churn rates in every business. There's a percentage of churn, but so long as there's more people coming in than there is churning, everything will keep ticking along. And... You know, so that that's important and it's um it's it's beautiful. So I mean I can see on the site here you have the VIP group membership, there's the remote like us membership, and then there's a weekly roundup membership. So you've three price price tiered options. Yes, I love membership business model. It really works. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And you've obviously built a strong community around it and people who so I suppose just talk to us a little bit about that. So let's say somebody comes to you, they join up, you know, they they get help to find a remote position. Do they all stay within this community and, and stay connected? Is that uh, is that how it would work? Well, I'm about to launch a post a you know post job search uh, membership. So what I have right now is actually really unique and really cool because my monthly membership is actually not meant to have a recurring member for more than three months. I give my members a three month roadmap because you should be able to get a remote job in 90 days. Does it take less time sometimes? Absolutely. Does it take more times? You bet. You know, sometimes you can't control the hiring process. The company is going to move as fast as they want to. Um, So I say three months is an average roadmap that I give my members. And I mean, it's a literal PDF where I'm talking about the emotions you'll go through when you get rejected, why it's necessary to experiment with uh, application approaches, what you can do if you've gotten to interviews and you just don't seem to get chosen at the end, all the above. Um, and so I really want my members to get out at three months. Uh, I want them to succeed. And it's a culture of everyone striving to succeed in those three months. And then I get the lovely emails that say, I got my remote job. You can cancel my membership. I don't need you anymore. And I'm like, those are the most perfect words. I love it. Um, I usually get their success story. I usually put it on the blog as member of the month. And they're off and they spread their wings and fly. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback lately. That's like, we miss you. Um, how can we still be a part of the, the paid community and, you know, get your remote work tips, obviously, because I've been doing this for, um, two and a half years now. And I do have tips on, you know, like we talked about how to be a good traveler and, uh, and still be a good worker. And then also, you know, some tools that you can use to make your either freelance business or your remote job easier. And some of the emotional side of stuff, like sometimes we just need a little group that's not our coworkers to vent and to talk to on Slack and, uh, and you know, girls who have been through the VIP program before, or men who have been through the Remote Like Us program before. Um, So I'm going to launch that and I'm very excited. It's going to be called Remote Lifers and uh, it's going to be another monthly membership. So that's that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah sweet that wasn't planned as well for our listeners that really did just roll into it, it <laughs> sounded like it was it. planned it was like that was really just me kind of I, I have the website open and I was just kind of reading off it and just go, going through some of these things but I think what you're talking about is excellent because like from a business perspective like you've already gotten people to your site you've gotten them to know like and trust you you've converted them they've given you money and then like let's say you know the, the service if you will or the, the help that you've provided has helped them to achieve their desired outcome but then 
it's just like that's the end of it from a business point of view you're always going to be chasing the next people so if you have that next step where you could you know put people into a different program a different type of membership a a different offering they already know like and trust you you know what i mean that's been accomplished that's the hard part (laughs) i'm trying to do that here in this podcast hello everybody (laughs) you know so basically you've already achieved all of those things so it's you know from a business point of view it obviously makes uh, makes sense you know what i mean and also for your own humans definitely you know have a tribe mentality like you're talking about like people love to be part of communities part of a tribe you know and if they've already resonated with somebody such as yourself then uh, you know then you're off you're off to you know you've done a lot of the groundwork already you're already there you just kind of need to put these things in place so i like a remote lifers um that's awesome cool name too <laughs> Yeah. And you know, like with the, with the way I've had it, I'm not doing my job successfully and I'm not getting as much fulfillment and making as much impact. If I do keep taking the monthly membership from someone who's not doing the work or just not having their luck, um, you know, it's not beneficial to me to have someone not succeeding and staying in my monthly membership when the point is to get a job and leave. So I really want to encourage um, you know, I, I call them success cycles. Now, every three months, we have a success cycle. That's why we open up the doors to the membership every three months. Um, because people are leaving and I have new spots open. I like to keep the membership as small as possible so that people aren't getting, you know, lost in the masses of over 100 people. That's definitely not uh, something that I'm interested in doing. So now I'm going to have in place where, you know, I want to keep someone around for the long term. And it's, it doesn't mean that they're failing or that they're floundering or that they don't know what they want to do. It means that they have succeeded. And now they're in like the graduate program, which is going to be so awesome to have. No, I, I agree. I'd say it's an exciting time for your business. And it's, you're just hitting on some numbers there, right? So like, I think this perfectly leads into my next question, which is around do you manage all this now by yourself? Do you have some help? Like at what point did you start to hire, you know, people to help you be that with graphics, social media, web design, you know, anything really like have you seeked help and and worked with remote employees yourself to grow the business? Yeah, absolutely. So I've gone through um, actually a couple project based people. And now I'm saving money, which is so exciting um, to have some full on salaried Uh, people. And I'm probably going to be doing that by the end of 2019. And I really don't want to hire like one VA. I want to hire like three people. I want to have a project manager, an assistant type person, um, and then a uh, more marketing type person. And I really want to be able to still be the big visionary behind the business and also doing my client work, which is me directly, you know, fixing people's resumes and you know, curating the job list every week. I want to be always doing that. However, you could obviously see how I could benefit from someone else running all the payments, running all the, um, you know, everyone who's joining, everyone who's canceling, getting all the success stories, you know, oh, that's just like one section of my business. So um, I'm really excited to do that. But in the past, I've had project-based people that have worked out really well. Um, when I started, you know, back when it was a side hustle and I was still working remotely, I made my own website. Yes. And, um, it was using Elementor actually. It's a free builder in WordPress. And, um, I, you know what, at first I started off on Shopify and that was just because, uh, I had like three products and that's all I needed at the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And, um, and then, yeah, I made my own website on WordPress using Elementor. So when I, I think maybe my, after the first six months in full-time business, I hired a web designer and I said, okay, let's do this. Get me a real website. Um, and that's the website I have now. I'm really happy with it. And then, uh, I've also had some, you know, graphic designers and assistant type positions. I had a um, membership site assistant for six months uh, doing more of the member management. Um, And now, like I said, I feel like I have enough under my belt where I'm really ready to hire a full-time team and give them the salary that they deserve. So I'm just saving up money to do that. And it's exciting. And did you ever pay for, you know, coaching or mentorship yourself along the way? Yes. So uh, my very first Yeah, my very first five-day challenge that I ran where I actually launched that I'm a paid service now. Um, You know, like I said, I had a free newsletter and a free Facebook group for four weeks. And I had enough interest for me to be like, okay, guys, now you pay for this newsletter. And these are the services that you get along with it. I couldn't have done that without someone named Beck Power. Actually, she'd be a great person for you to interview as well. Um, And she... Yes. (laughs) Um, And she is an awesome person who just told me to go for it. She was running a five-day challenge on how to run a five-day challenge. And it was free. And so I got all of this information for free. And she said, I know there's going to be one person that's taking this five-day challenge that's actually going to run with it full force and, you know, and turn something, turn into something amazing. And I was that one person. And I always attribute the start of my business to her and her approach on, you need a solution that people want, and you need to match your audience with that solution at a fair price and you're golden. So she's, she was definitely the starting point for me as far as mentor in a business Um, then when I was in business for six months already, I decided I wanted to launch one-on-one coaching services because I only had the membership site and the course. And again, I knew people wanted it because they had told me, because if you have a Facebook group, you know what your customers want because you're asking questions and they're dropping comments all the time on what they need from you. So I knew that this was going to go over well. However, I had never been a one-on-one coach before and I wasn't taking that decision lightly. So I did um, have a a coaching coach (laughs) um, who really taught me how to set up processes and be a great coach. And she was amazing. Her name's Kaylin Asher and um, she's a women's coach for coaches. (laughs) And I loved it. That's awesome. So yeah, you didn't just go at this alone. You know, you you were following other groups, you had back power and you'd done her five day challenge and then you hired a coach to help you with your coaching. So, you know, you seek the help when you needed it and the appropriate help at the appropriate time, which I think is an important, uh, an important thing for people to, to remember. You know, it's like I try to have the mentality only read the book I need to be reading right now. <laughs> you know, like what's the next thing I'm trying to do in my business and life? And that's the book that I'm reading, you know, and um, I feel like with business, you can get so caught up. I'm sure when you decided you were going to do coaching, there was probably a million questions in your mind. What to do? Where do you start? And when you have a coach, it's like, you know, for a sport or for anything, you know, they just help. They've been through the process. They can help you get, you know, move the ball along, get everything to the next step instead of overwhelming you, worrying about the things and focusing on the things that are too far down the line. You know, 
results? What's the next thing that needs to happen to make this work? And, and that's where a coach can be really helpful, especially a business. And you guess what I'm going to do when I turn my business into a, from solopreneur into an agency? I'm going to get a coach who you know knows how to scale businesses to the agency size uh, while still keeping the personal brand intact. I don't know how to do that. And I'm not stupid. I, I want someone who's already done it successfully, you know? Um, so I do think there's some battles you can fight on your own. You can build from your knowledge, um, you know, that you've had. I didn't get a coach when I wanted to come out with my first course, for example. Um, but for some reason, coaching was, was something that I felt uh, that I couldn't do alone. And so just go with your gut. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, or it's slowing you down to figure it all out yourself, when you know you could have it out by next week, if you just had someone showing you the way, um, then that's when you should get a coach. And that's why I do remote job search coaching, because yes, you can do it on your own, of course. And I want you to consume free resources that I put out there. However, if you are the kind of person that's sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. I am such a skilled person. I have qualifications. Why can't I get it done? I just need the insider info and I need the action plan to do it. That's when I come in as a coach. Um, and I actually say no to a lot of people who ask me to be a digital nomad coach uh, of sorts. And I'm, you know, I'm a niche coach and I'm going to stay that way forever. It's how to get a remote job. Um, and so I think it's so important as the student to know what problem you need help with specifically. Yeah, so you're not, uh, there's a couple of things I want to touch on there and having the action plan is definitely one of the most important things and especially from somebody who has experience in whatever it is you're trying to achieve. But another thing is, is accountability. Like sometimes people need that other person to hold them accountable. Did you apply to X amount of jobs? Did you do X and Y? You know, like if if people don't have that accountability and they don't do it and then they're like, oh, why am I getting the results I deserve? And you're like, well, are you doing, are you doing the right things? <laughs> you know, and, and if they don't have something Somebody. I have a friend, uh, Niall Doherty from uh, ndoherty.com, who also is a digital nomad and has a course on how to be a digital nomad. He focuses really about getting work as a freelancer on Upwork and places like that. And with his, with his accountability challenges, um, his is like $1,000 to a charity that maybe you don't agree with. So like, let's say me and you were doing an accountability thing. It's like, I pick a charity that, you know, you don't like or just something really random and you pick one that I don't like or is really random and if we don't achieve the desired outcomes by said time you got to pay a thousand dollars and guess what guess what you never miss that deadline because you don't want to well, first of all you don't want to pay a thousand dollars but secondly it's like two something that you don't like agree with I'm not going to make suggestions but like you know I'm sure people's imaginations could decide on things that they don't agree with and then they could just yeah you get where I'm going with that so it's like you never you never miss you, you like you always hit desired target you know um so no that's that's sweet so can we dig into a little bit about i suppose the the running of the business and stuff so you know do you have some tools uh, softwares and things like that that you would use on the regular to help you run your business yes so um i guess one of the most obvious ones would be my membership site um you know plugin how do i run that on wordpress it's called member mouse and there are so many membership site plugins. So honestly, if you're thinking of a membership site model, just 
choose one. You can always change later and transfer your members. Um, don't go crazy over it. I pretty much mold the whole library of membership plugins. And uh, I originally started with member press. Now I'm with member mouse. And um, as long as they allow you to have membership levels with privacy settings and logins, you are all set. Um, so that's probably the one that I use the most often in my business. And for you know, the likes of project management and uh, keeping on track of all the people who are in your um, memberships. Do you use any any tools for that? Like, or is it? Yeah, I use Asana. Um, I'm a big Asana fan. Um, and then I, you know, when I have people on my team at the moment, I, you know, add them to my Asana board, and then it's so super, it's super easy to to do that. Um, I also have. Uh, I was just showing a friend. I have LastPass. And uh, that keeps all my passwords so that when you do have an assistant, you don't need to give them all your passwords. They just click on the button in your LastPass vault and it doesn't show them the password. It just logs them in to your account. Um, so I think that's a super cool, again, free tool. I love how much free opportunity there is out there for business owners right now. It's crazy. Um, and then my probably my most used marketing tool is my email marketing platform. Um, it's called MailerLite, and it's very it's got a lot of capabilities. It's really easy to use, and it is cheap. So I really love them, and I suggest them to everybody. Cool. Honestly, I haven't heard of them, but I'm definitely going to check it out, and I'll link it up in the show notes as well. So it'll... for sure, they have a lot of um, integrations with Shopify. So. We're going to jump into a little bit of a quick fire round and we are going to ask you just a couple of questions quickly and, you know, first que- first answer comes in. So, okay. <laughs> first one we may have just talked about. Asana or Trello? Asana all the way. Fiverr or Upwork for hiring freelancers? Oh, neither. And everyone can go to my blog and look at why I don't suggest uh, Upwork um, just because it doesn't work anymore. It used to be great, but doesn't work anymore. Um, and I suggest um, free up. Well, I'll check that one out and I'll link it up in the show notes. Favorite social media platform for your business? Mm, Facebook, specifically groups. What's your favorite holiday destination? My favorite holiday destination? Um, Ooh, I guess I would have to say home. That's so boring. (laughs) Going back, visiting home in Connecticut. Yeah, but when you're traveling most of the time, home is a beautiful place to holiday. Oh, okay. So... And probably you're not talking about holiday the way Americans talk about it. You're for, you're from Europe, so you're probably thinking just vacation. Yeah, like, I don't know, wherever you go away for two weeks. Okay, holiday <laughs> holiday for Americans is only <laughs> only Christmas and New Year's. So this is so funny. As you were saying it, I'm like, oh, shoot, he's probably not talking about Christmas. Okay, no, favorite um, vacation destination would definitely be um, Las Palmas in the Gran Canary Islands. Nice. I actually have episode three of the podcast going live today. This will be episode six, and it's with Nacho Rodriguez, who runs a co-working space in Las Palmas in Gran Canary. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny how the stars align. So if you're ever there, make sure to check them out, uh, coworkingc.com. Um, so what's your favorite city to be a digital nomad in? Mm, definitely the one that I call my home base right now, which is Antigua, Guatemala. It's not on the map yet, everyone. So just for, you know, for the DN space. So get your butt over here. It's great. Sweet. And what's the last book that you read? Ooh, good question. It's a trick question because I don't read. Um, I am a super audio fanatic. Like I'm a podcast fanatic. Um, and I guess the the most latest obsession that I have with podcasts is would probably be the Angie Lee show. 
next question I was going to ask is what's your favorite podcast? So <laughs> we'll, we'll put it down to the Angie Lee show. Once again, I'll link it up in the show notes. Um, and can you name you know, one or two blogs that you follow? Oh, um, websites. I, I think I would definitely go with, um, the membership. What's it called? Membership guys podcast, maybe, or membership some, I don't know, member. I, I don't know. I'm, I can tell you later so you can link it up in the show notes, but they also have a podcast. Um, and their blog has so many great tips for people who want to be running membership sites, which I think is the latest and greatest business model. Um, so definitely them. Sweet. And, uh, when it comes to your tech stack, are you rocking a Mac or a windows? I'm so rocking a Mac and I will never, <laughs> I will never change. And, um, I am totally a Mac Apple user, like all the way across the board. Um, I've tried to switch to Samsung and it will just never happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. No, I just say I love the MacBook. It's uh, <laughs> Windows just doesn't, it doesn't do it for me anymore. Um, right. So just to kind of round things up. So, I mean, thank you for coming on and, um, I, I just like to get a little bit of a, you know, closing statement if you will like so you know what would be your tips for those who are looking out to get started and i suppose i'd like to segment this question because your you know your whole business is focused around find helping people find remote jobs you know within companies it's not necessarily about you know starting a remote business you know so for those people who are looking to get started you know as a remote worker as a digital nomad working for a company as a remote employee you know what would be your you know top top piece of advice or whatever to um to help them achieve that digital nomad lifestyle i think uh my top piece of advice for finding a remote job and for someone who's just starting out to to you know searching for these jobs is you know you can use remote job boards that's absolutely fine i think they're they're great um however do some strategic searching where you're sitting down and you're thinking what would i actually like to be doing is it your current role, but you'd just like to be doing it on a laptop? Is it, um, you know, working for a company who has a mission that you also stand for, that you can stand behind? Is it working for your favorite product that you actually use online? Um, and then going and finding out if those people hire remotely. And if not, finding their competitors who do the same thing as them <laughs> and seeing if they hire remotely. This is something I call strategic searching because I'm sick of the whole, let's just look through remote jobs and see if anything sticks. Um, what I want people to be doing is finding a remote job that actually brings them joy. And so if what you're great at brings you joy, you, you know, you have the easiest path, the easiest path of all. Um, and you can just type in, you know, let's say you're in HR, 100% virtual HR firms. There you go. You're going to get a huge list and you can apply to all of those. Um, and then, you know, if you're not loving what you currently do, that's when you need to sit down, make a list of your hobbies. I swear to God, when I ask people what their hobbies are, they do not know. They've literally forgotten or no one's ever asked them. <laughs> they only know how to answer the question, what do you do for work? It is so sad. So using those hobbies and using those likes um, and your interests and the causes that you love and the missions that you can stand behind to then find remote companies who employ people um, who have that mission, who, you know, produce that product, who produce that software that you use every day, like, I don't know, Asana or this uh, Zencaster or something like Typeform or Shopify, who cares? See if they hire remotely. And that is going to be such a more fruitful job search for you than filtered searching through all of these remote job boards. That's amazing. 
Thank you for that. That was so just Maybe so not, many. It's like knowledge bomb. bomb. Just drops mic. See you later, guys. <laughs> I'm out of here. So with that in mind, what's your call to action? And uh, you know, where can people find you and connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to remotelikeme.com, I have a brand new page called Get Started that has all of my services, courses, memberships, every single thing on it, even my free resources. So please go uh, to the Get Started page on remotelikeme.com and choose something that's truly going to help you guys. Um, I only want to help you if you need the help. So whatever you need done uh, to get to your you know, remote work dreams, let me know through that page and I will be helpful for you. Amazing. Thank you very much. I'll make sure to link it right at the top of the show notes. Taylor, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I really uh, appreciate you coming on. And I also like, I truly believe in your business and what you're helping people do. You're making a positive impact in people's lives and helping promote the remote work lifestyle. And um, yeah, um, I wish you nothing but every success moving forward. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to digitalnomadcafe.com forward slash episode six to find any of the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode. If you want to help us out, then you know, give us a rating on iTunes, um, share it with your friends or anybody you feel like that would be interested. This episode especially, where Taylor helps, pe- helps people to find remote employment within companies. Starting an online business isn't for everybody. Going out as a freelancer isn't for everybody. That's why I feel this is a really, really impactful podcast episode. And I hope you can share this with the people who you feel might benefit from Taylor's service um, or even just hearing her story. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.